Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin or struggle to feel like you have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there's so much more in there, you just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you just want to know the Bible better and you are looking for any resource to help. Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We're two sisters. I'm Erica. She remembered. I'm Veronica. We love to study the Bible and we love to help others understand it better. When it comes to our own study of scripture, we have found that in bringing back the context of scripture, it actually adds to our understanding. It adds color to the black and white pages of the text. Well, Veronica. Yeah. It's 2023. Oh, you're right. It's hard to remember to write that to think about writing that on checks. Right? You write checks these days? Every once in a while. I gave (laughs) you a check. (laughs) I know you did. (laughs) Yes. For the first few months, I always find myself writing the wrong year. Yes. Or when you go to the bank. Yes. Bank slips. Yes. Yeah. I wonder if banks are used to that. Like January, February. Yeah. You just kind of understand. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's weird to think we're halfway through January already. Yes. But not in reality. Not in (laughs) reality. In reality, we're only on December 14th. Right. Oh, your birthday's in two days. That's right. Yep. Oh, you're going to get white pizza? No, they're gone. Oh, that's right. Erica's favorite restaurant. Right. One of her favorite. Retired. Yes. So, yes. But my husband is taking me out. Okay. Well, yes. good. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, in real life, real time when we're listening to this, she had a good birthday day. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure I will. (laughs) Yes. But right now we are jumping into Esther chapter seven. Right. We left off last week as Haman's kind of on this conveyor belt. Yes. Invisible hands are pushing him along. He's being rushed toward his doom and there's nothing he can do to stop it. He's heard his wife speak something to him. Right. Which she gave him a gloomy last. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Final words. What? Um, since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. Yeah. Well, thanks, honey. Yeah. I love you, too. Yes. And that'll be the last thing he ever hears out of her mouth. Right. Because now he's going to enter this banquet. Right. And when we start chapter seven in the banquet, the king and Haman went to dine with Queen Esther. And as they were drinking wine, again, just picturing this lavish, it's just the three of them. The ki- Esther's been preparing again yep. all night. Yes, she and she is dressed to the nines. Mm-hmm. And she's probably not completely sure what's been going on prior to this with right. Haman and Mordecai because she's probably been so involved right. in right. getting all this ready. The king's finally had some sleep, we're assuming. Right. He's, they're just, it looks beautiful. It smells wonderful. It's all his favorite foods. Right. Favorite music. They're Mm -hmm. all reclining on their own separate couch Mm -hmm. with plenty of space between Esther and Haman. Mm -hmm. Because we realized at some point we should have, in the movie earlier, should have had there been an interaction because it's law that no man is allowed to get closer than seven feet. Right. To... A concubine or a queen. Right. Just to make sure everybody knows this person belongs to the king. No other man's allowed to get near her. And if you touch a concub- concubine, it's death. Mm-hmm. So there's a definite distance between Haman and Esther that he's been respecting. Mm-hmm. He's never come close to her. Mm-hmm. 
And even with that, the people around, the, their eunuchs. Right. The men around. I mean, in case yes. you did want to think about crossing that line. Right. We took care of that issue, too. Right. You it's, can't. Yeah. So you have just, they've been having light conversation, you know, and you can kind of see Esther building up. Okay. Right. It's coming. I'm going to need to say yes. to the king. And remember, she has put on her royalty. She right. has stepped into. Yes. I'm not just Esther the Jew. I'm not just the girl who wowed the king in the one night stand. I am the queen. Right. And I am going to fill that role mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And so Xerxes finally takes us a break from eating mm-hmm. and he looks at his queen and says, okay, what is it you want? I will grant it to you up to half my kingdom. But even how he starts, Queen Esther. Acknowledging you who know, she is. He knows, she knows, and we need the reader to remember who she is. Right, she is the queen. Which in a way you kind of want to say, if it's queen, don't you already have half the kingdom? <laughs> no. <laughs> Isn't what's yours mine and mine no, yours? <laughs> yeah, that's not the way it works now. But, but nice. so he brings that back of, okay, queen. Right. We're here for a reason. I mean, in a way, it's like yes. something's going on. Yes. Just tell me, Esther. Mm-hmm. And so she repeats the words of yep. the king back to him, which adds to the tension. But then how does she put it? If I have found favor with you, O king, and if it pleases your majesty, grant me my life. This is my petition. And then she throws in, so you see the king kind of looking at her and it's like, but you're the woman I adore. You're the woman I love. How can your life be in danger? And you see almost as if we're going into Esther's eye, you know, into her mind's eye as you come in. And it's like when Esther says me, you see her in a way melding into with all the Jews. Well, because then she royalty is gone. Yes. For I spare my people. Mm -hmm. This is my request. And we lose the finery, like you mm-hmm. said, and she's now at the forefront. It's like Hadassah, the mm-hmm. Jewish girl has come back. She's wearing her Jewish garb mm-hmm. and she is standing at the forefront with all her people behind her pleading for the king to spare their life. Mm-hmm. And where one goes, yes, they all go. My destiny is their destiny. Mm-hmm. My life is in danger because they are in danger. Mm-hmm. Spare me. So spare them. Mm -hmm. You cannot take these two apart. These are, they're forever hooked together. And that's what she wants the king to see. Okay, you just said the Jews all need to be killed, but I'm your favorite person and I'm a Jew. You've just decreed your favorite and closest and dearest Jew to annihilation. But she's clever in how she does it Mm because she doesn't name the people group. Right. But she does use the wording mm-hmm. of the decree. So I'm not overreacting here, King. Mm-hmm. This is a law that we're going to be put to death. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't remind the king that he signed it. Right. Nor does she tell the king Haman mm-hmm. is behind it. She just says, my life's in danger. So she gets the king all riled up yep. and emotional and that tender, protective. Right. Like, you need to protect me, O king. Right. It's almost like she's giving him a story you can come in on your horse and be the knight in shining armor i'm laying it out to you so you fill in the blanks and go oh of course i would come in and rescue you my dear who would dare to threaten my queen Mm -hmm. like they threaten my queen they threaten me Mm -hmm. i am now horrified that anyone would come against you because now they're coming against me who's done this to you Mm -hmm. and you kind of see behind her shoulders of 
Haman almost like in there going Wait. annihilation, destruction, kind of like Haman starting to connect some dots here. His eyes are going back and forth. Yes. He's thinking his, like maybe his fingers moving as it's this and that. And, uh, oh. and you see this like it's dawning on Haman all of a sudden like she's Wait. Jewish. I know those words. I had those words written. I know the people. Is she right. one of the Jews? Like, I mean, you just. Oh, yes. Haman, we've just got Haman. And it doesn't say this in scripture, but we're doing this movie right. of Haman making Jumps. connections faster than the king does. Which is no surprise. Let's right. be honest. Because we have this king who he doesn't make decisions. He right. doesn't do anything on his own. He right. always has people around to help guide and direct. Of, okay, King, do this, say this, almost like a puppet. Yes. You know, depending on somebody else is pulling his strings. Mm -hmm. And he's not, and right now he's at a loss of, wait, who? Who's pulling, who's doing what? And Esther's, Esther's not advising him completely. It's kind of this jarring. I'm putting it all out there. I'm putting it all out there for you to hear. Right. But I'm leaving off the important. Because she wants him to ask. Mm -hmm. She wants the king to get riled up. If she mentions Haman too quickly. Right. That could turn the king against her. Well, I remember that. Like, no, that was a good thing I did. Mm -hmm. Don't blame me, Esther. It's over. You're done. Mm -hmm. But she gets him riled up on her side, gets the king to ask, who would do this horrible mm -hmm. thing? Like, I don't know what to do, but I need to find out who's behind all right? this. Who's, who's hurting you? Right. And it's like the camera focuses in on Esther's lips. as she's, and, and there's no other sound. Right. And she says, this wicked man, the enemy, Haman. And you just, it all goes quiet like that word Haman just hangs, hangs out there. there you don't see anything else you don't hear anything else it's like the echo Haman, Haman yes Haman, Haman. yes Haman. and it's just like I mean all I can think of it's I can't figure out how to visualize it but you know in Lord of the Rings at oh. the beginning the fellowship of the ring when um Gandalf drops the ring Bilbo. and it falls oh yeah Bilbo drops it as yes. he's leaving and it immediately plops on the floor. Yes, there's just a heaviness and a weightiness to that moment. Yes. And you feel that here. Uh-huh. That tension of something has to be done. Right. But the king doesn't know what to do. Right. And, and Hester, again, Esther does a great job because she frames Haman as not the Jewish people's enemy. Right. She frames him as our enemy mm -hmm. everybody's enemy he's just anybody that's out there this is the enemy your enemy king my enemy king it's in our best interest mm -hmm. to get rid of our enemy mm -hmm. and it's interesting in the hebrew it's a bunch of verbs that happens after this like haman cringes the king rises haman stands the king returns haman falls it's like boom 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 boom. it's very boom. staccato it's very staccato this is happening quickly there's mm -hmm. almost no chance to even think mm -hmm. so the king jumps up like red in the face and stalks out of the room right which leaves esther kind of bewildered going uh uh, uh like wait a minute we we're in the middle of a conversation this. just that awkward right uh, it's almost like she's watching as the king she's just so focused on the king leaving the room and just kind of wait you're leaving me hanging what do i do 
And then you have, all of a sudden she turns and looks because Haman's at her feet. Yes. You yes. know, he's just, he's almost, he's groveling. He's begging he, for his life. Haman realizes that, um, sorry, my son just looked in the window, oh. Micah. Totally <laughs> threw me from it. Haman realizes his life is in danger. That right? the king is reacting as a husband. Right. And feeling for his wife. And that Haman's in trouble. So he breaks all royal protocol. Like once the king left the room, Haman should have left the right. room. Haman should not have stayed in a room with... Alone with the queen. Alone with the queen. Nor should he get close to her and then touch her on top right. of it. Like his life is forfeit simply for that action alone. Right. But that's how desperate this man gets. You know, so Haman, like you, uh, like you said, Esther is staring after the queen, the king, and then feels at her feet. Haman is touching her, and she's horrified. Veronica, she's just like, "How did you put it?" Before? I just like pushing about. I mean, she's just bewildered. It's like, wait, I'm focusing over here, and you're here, and I, she can't even think and process right. because wait. You didn't do anything. You just left. Right. I just dropped this bombshell. Right. And you're gone. And you don't respond. You don't react. Right. You just walk out of the room. And then I've, and now Haman's here and he's in my space. And I'm just that, I'm trying to think. Right. Leave me that, alone. That desperation. Yes. I'm getting desperate for her of just. Yes. Uh, Back I off. I don't know if you've ever had to say this to your children, but there's times like, quiet. Right. I, I was need just to thinking think. that when your kids are like, mom, 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 right. mom. And you're like, stop. Mm -hmm. Give me a moment. And that's where she's like, stop. Heyman, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they hear something and they both and look And you just up. see them both look up. <laughs> and there's the king. Uh-huh. And Heyman's touching and near her. And she's like pushing and, him. But, but is she pushing? I mean, where's her hand? Does she... Is it, wait, does he think I'm pushing him off or does he think I'm welcoming this? What does the king think? I mean, just from more, Esther's perspective of, I didn't ask for this. Right. Like, <laughs> I didn't invite me. this. I didn't. Mm -hmm. Right. I would think it looks pretty convincing. I mean, because the foolishness. Right. Now, maybe Xerxes jumps because he wants to, because the absolute foolishness that Haman would try to seduce right. the queen while I literally have just left the room right. and can walk back at any moment. Right. Like that is absolute ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. But maybe Over he's the top. just, right. Maybe he's just so mad, so frustrated, or maybe this is an easy out. Mm -hmm. Like, Haman, you're trying to kill my queen. I need to get rid of you. Right. Here's an easy way to do it. You're right. seducing my wife. Right. Because I need a good reason to say. Right. Off with your head. Right. And so, but you have like, so Haman's looking at the king and you just kind of see it. If the f blood hasn't already drained from his face, if he hasn't already like turned white. Right. It's getting worse. Because Esther did such a good job. She's basically told the king, choose between me or Haman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's him or me. Your mm -hmm. choice. And so you see the king. I mean, he, he walked out. We don't know why, right. but he comes back in, he sees this and he gets mad. You see him getting enraged of, oh, right. this is the queen. How dare you? Right. But he's grasping because this is a king who's not used to making decisions on his own. Right. So you almost see him like looking around like, somebody tell me what to <laughs> help me. I normally count on Haman or Esther or somebody else to tell me what right. to do and they can't so it's almost like he's panicking those eyes are just darting to and fro right. like what do I do somebody fill in the blanks and oh by the way there's yes. this eunuch 
who's been in the background. We've seen him as a side character, a secondary character throughout, mm -hmm. in conversations with Esther, mm -hmm. maybe even with Mordecai. And he seems like a good, legit guy. And he decides, for whatever reason, right? to take this moment to step forward and say, Oh, by the way, King, I just wanted to tell you that Haman wanted to kill Mordecai, the man who saved your life. Yeah, Haman has a big gallows set up for him. I just thought you might want to know that. Mm -hmm. okay? I mean, talk about another huge coincidence. Right, right. That Harbona just gives the king the best lifeline ever. Right. Hey, King, did you need something to do? Because you look like you're floundering. Can yeah. I help you? Yeah. I, here, you want, I can tell you want to get rid of Haman. I got another reason right. for you. I got you covered. And it's just like, I mean, you just see Xerxes grab onto that. Perfect. Hang him on it. Yes. I mean, again, never say no Xerxes. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point, we like it. Right. But it's still another thing. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. you had it, Erica, you gave a couple when we were talking this out of just when you do cheer, like with Darth Vader. Oh, yes. We don't. Because it's easy for me, because I feel it too. Sometimes you're like, oh, I feel bad for Haman mm -hmm. that he, he's killed, you know, because he's killed for a false accusation. Right. He got what he deserved, but he didn't the right reason. He wasn't raping given, the queen. But he wasn't raping the queen. So you're like, oh, but this is not that moment of awe. Like, do you cheer in Star Wars when the emperor finally gets destroyed by Darth Vader? No, you're like, good. Mm -hmm. Or in Lord of the Rings, when Saruman gets killed or Sauron's ring gets destroyed and his tower's destroyed. No, you are so excited and thankful at that moment, Veronica, mm -hmm. because everything has been leading up to this moment. Right. Like, this is an evil, wicked man who needs to get his come up in because if he doesn't do it to, if he doesn't get it now he's going to do another evil thing tomorrow right, right and so at this moment in the story this is our villain mm -hmm. he is purely a villain we're not supposed to feel any sympathy for him this is a good he is getting what he deserved mm -hmm. and we're supposed to be like yes mm -hmm. you know stick it to him okay yep take him out and kill him yep and you can't even have like maybe you go well esther should have like offered him forgiveness or you can't have esther can't show Haman pity right because when you see esther when we're looking at esther and Haman as he's maybe begging for his life you can't just see Haman. yes you have to see Haman the agagite yes and you have to have all those ties going all the way back to King right. Saul. Right. And when you look at Esther, you can't just see Queen Esther, right. this poor defenseless girl. You have to see all the Jews. Right. And you have to see her going, her family line going all the way back. She's the tribe of Benjamin. All the way back to the yep. king from the tribe of Benjamin, King Saul. Because this is bigger. This is not two yes. individual people. Yes. This is two people groups yes. represented here. Yes. That need to have some finality. It's an epic battle, mm -hmm. again, between the enemy of God mm -hmm. and God, mm -hmm. ultimately behind the scenes. Right. That's what's going on. Right. So she can't feel pity. She right. can't have mercy. Just like, just like um, Gollum does need to die in the end. Right. Right. That's really what needs to happen. You, can't, yes. you don't feel bad about that. You don't feel bad that Haman's going to meet his demise. Yep. There was no other evil needs to be dealt with. Right. There are there, Esther acknowledges there is the book of Esther. There's evil, mm -hmm. evil in the world mm -hmm. and it needs to be dealt with. It doesn't pull any punches right. about that. This is a wicked plot from an evil man. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes the best thing to do with evil is to snuff it out Mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. But as we're wrapping up this chapter. Well, there's a little bit more. Oh, was there? That we talked about. Yeah. That um, there's those reversals we talked about earlier. You know, again, um, Mordecai and Haman are again being reversed. Haman started the gallows for Mordecai, but now he is the one who is being killed on it. And all of this whole plot started because a Jewish man refused to bow before Haman. Mm-hmm. But now Haman is bowing at the feet of a Jewish woman, pleading mm-hmm. for her life. Um, we also talked about how Haman's death is unnerving because it's so sudden. Right. Yesterday he was on top of the world. Right. And today, Veronica, like he's fallen. She's six feet under? He's six feet <laughs> under. And it's kind of like, oh, that could happen to me. Mm-hmm. But this isn't Job. This isn't the book right. of Job where a man's getting tested for his faithfulness. This is an evil, wicked man who is getting what he deserves. Mm-hmm. And we're not supposed to feel any pity for him or sympathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Esther, um, at this point, Veronica, this is where Esther comes into her own. Right. And she truly becomes queen and takes on that identity. But queen of the jewish people Mm -hmm. and a jewish woman who's queen Mm -hmm. she stands up and i'm no longer a trophy wife this Mm -hmm. is who i am and what i am Mm -hmm. so just those reversals we need to right because we keep coming back to all those reversals right that's part of this whole book is the reversals of how god takes but that's what i love here's how god takes something that's ordinary events of life yeah and turns it around Yep. You know, and God can use mighty miracles to deliver his people. And we've seen God do right. that. Right. But if you turn it around, God can use ordinary everyday actions. Right. You know, he last week, the sleepless night. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you have God doing. He's so great and so powerful. Yeah, he can do the miracles and the amazing blow you away things. Right. Or we can have ordinary, everyday things that he works through. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of this started because the king had a sleepless night. So right. you know, what if the king hadn't been reminded right away of Mordecai's faithfulness? Right. What if, I don't know. I mean, I know just, you t- there's a lot of what ifs you mm-hmm. can always go through. Mm-hmm. But God works through the ordinary events right. to bring about his will and his plan. Even when we don't see it, we've been hanging out there this whole time. Where's God? Right. Where's God? Where's God? Well, this is the moment where we start to go, oh, he's there, uh-huh. but he's working behind the mm-hmm. scenes in the little decisions mm-hmm. all of these people are making. He is so big, Veronica. He is so amazing. He can take these little decisions day to day that's being made and turn them up and put them into his plan mm-hmm. and make his plan come out at the end. Mm-hmm. And turn and, it all around. And turn it all around and reverse it and make it good mm-hmm. and make it work for the good of his people and his honor and his glory. God is there. Mm-hmm. But it's in the behind the scenes there, which is often how we live right, our lives. Right. Like rarely do we get a Red Sea moment. Right. Or Daniel in the lion's den. Right. Or right. Jonah with the fish. More often it's the, oh, there's a sleepless night. I couldn't sleep and I prayed for so-and-so. And guess what? The next day mm-hmm. so-and-so said, oh, I had a really hard night last night, but mm-hmm. God did this. Mm-hmm. Or I made this decision because it was the most logical right. decision. And then I look back and go, oh, it started me down a path right. that I never would have imagined yes. but if i hadn't taken that first step yes. 
that just, it was there. Right. Somebody offered me a job. Somebody yes. said, hey, I just need help doing this. And I went, oh. Right. I went to this school mm-hmm. or I walked down that street, whatever. Right. I was talking to a friend recently and her family's making some big decisions and she says, oh, but if it goes wrong, like, but I don't know what's right or wrong in the right. decision. But if the if the outcome isn't what we hoped for, our decision might make things harder. And it's like, but you did what this God is called great, you to you do. You did what God called you to do. Mm-hmm. You have to trust him for the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the outcome isn't exactly what you thought, mm-hmm. but you did what you believed was the right thing to right. do because there was no right or wrong. Right. This was gray. You know, we have to learn to make these decisions, praying for wisdom, mm-hmm. looking for help from others wiser than ourselves, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then making the decision and moving forward. Yep. And trusting God in the outcome. Yep. Yep. That's that's why we thought Esther was such a good follow up to Jonah. Right. You know, because we probably are more like Esther. Yes. With God working behind the scenes. Yep. than so. So hopefully you're not outright disobeying God like Jonah was. Because then you might want to stay away from the water. <laughs> I know. Or Nineveh. Nineveh. <laughs> yes. But so hopefully you've enjoyed this conversation. Well, at the end, remember? Nope. Uh, how we were Clearly, gonna- <laughs> I'm not remembering <laughs> any of the end. That's all right. It, to end our movie scene, oh, yeah. Xerxes oh, yeah. says, hang him on it. Yep. And we just seen Haman getting pulled out by his servants and mm-hmm. the door shuts. Yep. But we're reminded even the death of Haman doesn't completely end the conflict. Right. Because where do we focus on? We've got that idea of Saul. Is that where we're focused? Oh. The calendar. Oh, yeah. Wow. I've really forgotten all of this. That's all right. Yes. (laughs) No, the idea of, okay, the door closes. And this was even my idea. It was. Yes. (laughs) The calendar. Because we still have that edict and that proclamation. Like you see the proclamation and the month of Adar just circled. Right. Just because Haman's been dealt with, his evil plans are still in full force. Right. So we've done step one, but we have step two. That edict is still hanging out there to destroy, kill, annihilate the Jewish people. Just because Haman's gone doesn't mean the problem is solved. Right. So we will solve that problem. In the next couple weeks. That's right. All right. Now are we really done? Did I forget anything else? I think we're good. (laughs) Okay. Should have written that. Man. All right. So thanks for joining us. This is, I do know what this is. It's the context and color of the Bible podcast. Good job. <laughs> I know. Way to bring it home. I know. And we do have social media. We have different ways if you want to communicate with us, talk with us. If you want to see, tell me what else I missed this week in remembering things. But as always, we'd love to hear from you. But also, we want you to spread this. Mm-hmm. This has been a fun story to tell. Right. So, hey, maybe you've got a friend who's like, you know what? I don't know where God is. Send them this podcast. Yeah. Send them the episode so that they can be reminded. God is in the small things. Mm -hmm. So thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.